In late May, Valorant held its first international tournament with the best teams from all over the world, and it did not disappoint. Valorant Champion Store Masters Reykjavik, Iceland, was by far the most high-stakes tournament Valorant has had to date. North America came out on top, finally giving NA the title we have been waiting for for years. From exciting players to exciting games, the entire tournament was a blast that eventually led to the familiar Sentinels claiming victory. Welcome back to the No Camping Podcast, and in this episode, we will be going over Masters 2 Reykjavik and all the exciting details and storylines that led to another great tournament by Riot. So after months of qualifiers, from Challengers 1 and Challengers 2 to close qualifiers for each region, 10 teams made it. From Brazil, Vikings and Sharks Esports, representing Latin America, KRU. From Japan was Crazy Raccoon. From North America came out Sentinels and Version 1. From EMEA, Europe, the Middle East, and Africa came out Liquid and Fnatic. Representing Korea was New Turn. And finally from Southeast Asia was X10. Now, at the beginning of the tournament, it seemed that there was kind of a shaky start for the entire tournament. Players had been quarantined at a hotel when they had first arrived in Iceland, and there they had their practice computers to play with their teams. Many players complained about diff- different problems with their equipment, for example, their computers being completely outdated and not being able to run the game smoothly, causing them to play worse and in bad conditions, as well as the internet. Um, them saying they only had five upload and five download being extremely slow. When they're trying to play online games for practice, Um, eventually, though, the tournament did go underway, and it seemed like all the problems that were happening in their hotels, when at the actual venue on the on the actual computers they were playing on for the tournament, it seemed to be going well. Very early on in the tournament, we start to see many regions begin to fall behind. So originally, we saw the Latin American team KRU, or Japanese team Crazy Raccoon, and the Southeast Asian team X10 all lose four maps early on to be the first three teams knocked out of the tournament. It was clear that they couldn't keep up with the other regions and the other teams that in their in their brackets and you know they end up going home early and or not taking home very much of the prize pool. Right, and that's the first thing with land tournaments from teams that all are, that are all across the world. You see the different regions being able to battle against each other. In their own respective regions, Crazy Raccoon, KRU and X10 were all dominant. They probably won most of their games, um, winning enough of them to win their entire region. But here they become international where they play with teams from from Europe, from North America, from Brazil, and they just get completely dominated. Um, their metas right now, the meta, the way that they played the game in the region, just simply can't keep up with the other metas. Or, you know, it's just that one is more effective against the other. And it's unfortunate that's just the way it panned out. Um, for those regions, I'm sure as some regions come home and they know that they've just been completely dominated, the meta in that region will start to shift more towards the winning regions like NA, like Europe. And we'll see these regions slowly transform into a better one as they continue to improve. Speaking of teams that didn't perform well, V1 came into the tournament as the underdog. You know, no one expected them to perform very well. You know, they did, they, no one expected them to even qualify for masters at the end of the day and when they came into the tournament they actually had a pretty decent performance for what they were expected to do i mean they were able to beat the european powerhouse team of liquid uh in a matchup that was pretty close as it ended up being a 2-1 win for v1 uh knocking team liquid down into the lower bracket but you know for them to even win a, a matchup like that and something as big of an upset like as that 
was you know honestly just a very great performance from them and you know they overall just ha had a really good run throughout the entire tournament they ended up losing to Lutern in the upper bracket which kicked them down to the lower bracket and they lost again in the semifinals and sent v1 home right and when you look at v1's run you know on paper if you just look at the entire bracket you see them win one match against uh team liquid which of course is still a huge upset team liquid is one of the favorites to win the entire tournament they end up you know, in my opinion, underperforming, but also going against some really good teams. But V1, they beat Liquid, um, but in their very next matchup, they lose to Team New Turn. Um, and then, again, they lose to Fnatic 2-0, um, taking quite a beatdown against Fnatic. But all things considered, New Turn being the number three team, you know, in the final standings, and Fnatic being number two, V1 did have a very impressive run, and everyone across the world and in NA, very proud of them. And especially in their in their in-game leader, Vanity, who has put in a crazy amount of work to get them to the spot they are now. Um, especially since in the beginning, they weren't even expected to qualify with teams like Envy, 100 Thieves, Cloud9 Blue, um, all those teams being the favorites to qualify and take that second spot next to Sentinels. And speaking of new turn, the number three team, it was really interesting to see their entire run at the tournament as they faced off against region because you see them you know beating teams like version one who have proven they can compete at the highest level and then just getting completely dominated by teams like sentinels and Fnatic. um it really just shows their the play style that they have it's super unique they run a lot of breach and jet which are good for set plays like flashing and immediately dashing um they call it the flash and dash of course they run plays like that but teams with good igls like Shazam and Boaster on Team Sentinels and Fnatic were able to get good reads on New Turn and eventually it led to their demise. So we've talked about teams and we've talked about regions, but now let's put a highlight on individual players. And one of the favorites out of any region was Sentinel's very own Tens. Now Tens overall had a very dominant performance. He was the highest ranked in three different statistics, that being average combat score, or kill death ratio and kills per round and he was second in the average damage per round and also third in first kills per round or entries and that performance was definitely expected out of a player like tens you know tens is often considered to be the greatest comp player to ever touch the game and you know arguably one of the best ranked players too so you know to see him play in such a way after especially after some very disappointing performances in, in previous matches you know it's definitely great to see him light up once again actually i would say that some people didn't expect tens to perform very well um tens being the number one competitive player shown by his stats in this tournament and also the number one content creator in valorant he has a lot of fans and with a lot of fans as a result comes with a lot of people who will ride or die you know without knowing a ton about the game or the competitive scene and a lot of people are going oh ten, tens is the best tens is number one which is true um but the sheer amount of people who probably don't know what they're talking about still saying that definitely led to some people thinking that tens was overrated and you know not going to perform as well as other people thought but of course you know the doubters were proved wrong Tens is the best player in the world right now competitively um and i think he will continue to dominate in na and internationally as we go on but undoubtedly, the number two player in this entire tournament, without a doubt, is Liquid Scream. Scream is a former CSGO player um, turned competitive Valorant player, and he has continued to dominate the European and international stage. He was number two in average combat score, 
kill death ratio and kills per round right behind tens but he actually was number one in average damage per round and to no one's surprise number one in headshot percentage where scream has always been known as the one tap god there are also a lot of other players that perform pretty well one of them being you know x10 patafan although his team did not play well patafan definitely was their carry for the rest for the duration of their tournament um and you know unfortunately he couldn't carry his team to any victories Another big important thing to note was Fnatic's dominant run in the lower bracket in which they only dropped one map to new turn in the lower bracket final, which pushed them straight into the grand finals against Sentinels. Fnatic initially losing to Sentinels 2-0, you know, many saw them as, oh, they just can't keep up. But when you look at it closely, Fnatic had two very close matches with Sentinels, proving that they still are among the best, even though it was a convincing 2-0 map score. Um, they proved it throughout their lower run, dominating every team, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, all the way to the lower finals, where they did lose to New Turn. Um, but, you know, unfortunately that wasn't enough, as they went back to the grand finals against Sentinels, where they lost three more maps in a row, giving them a total 0-5 against Sentinels. Speaking of Sentinels, Let's talk about their completely dominant run throughout the entire tournament. Um, from the first day, they started playing their matches all the way to the championship game, which they won. They dropped zero matches, going 9-0 in all of their maps. Sentinels definitely was a favorite coming into this tournament, but of course, no one really knew for sure as, again, there are different regions. You don't know how they're going to play against each other. There were a lot of doubters from EU expecting teams Fnatic or Liquid to just completely dominate Sentinels. Um, Sentinels, I think they came in a little underrated compared to what performance was, um, as shown by Scream in an early interview before any of the matches were played. I do think Europe is is a bit better. Like I think obviously the Sentinels have like amazing players individually, but I feel like what they do is very uh, predictable. As Shazam and the rest of Sentinels responded. They just did so with their play, completely winning everything and um, really proving that NA is the best region in Valorant right now. Yeah, and that's another great thing because, you know, NA has often been looked down upon as one of the, the, the lesser regions when it comes to video games, especially because they aren't able to dominate in any of the other games. Basically, they're very poor performances in two other different games, League of Legends and Counter-Strike. It's definitely great to see NA pulling ahead in Valorant and proving that we in North America can actually play video games. And this tournament, with how smoothly it ran and how well things turned out, you know, it was definitely a great first look at international play. You know, it was very interesting to see how the different metas of each region with each region's uh, clash with each other and which metas came on top, uh, came out on top. As you know, you know, there were many people who believed originally that, you know, the, the EMEA meta was going to dominate the NA meta, which ended up not being true. And, you know, it was definitely just overall, it was great to see that um, it was great to see the different play teams play against each other. And it, it just really puts us in a, a place where we just want to see more and we want to see uh, more of this dynamic between these different teams from different regions and how they might play out in the future and how these metas may shift and you know how the how different matches may play out in the future yeah and of course who really cares about any of this if you know people didn't watch and if no one cared right but fortunately valor masters reykjavik did make a pretty big boom in the esports scene they peaked in viewership at 750,000 concurrent viewers on day three and during the grand finals sentinels versus Fnatic, um perhaps the two you know most famous teams in the tournament 
they peaked over 1 million viewers, which is really impressive um, for an esports tournament of a game this new. There's a 600,000 prize pool where Sentinels took home $200,000, being a hefty 40K for each, you know, Shaz, Dapper, Zoms, Hens, and Sick, each taking home $40,000, pretty good. But most importantly, they qualified for the Champions Tournament at the end of the year, where Masters, although being a major tournament, is a qualifier for another even bigger tournament at the very end of the year, where the qualifiers from Masters 1, Masters 2, and Masters 3 in Berlin will qualify for Champions um, in December 2021. Anyways, thank you all so much for listening to our very last episode. We hope you all enjoyed listening along with us through this entire journey. It's been great. And once again, thank you all so much for listening. This has been Sean. This is David signing up for the last time from Scott Center. Peace. Peace. They've done it. Sentinels are the Masters 2 Reykjavik champions. And they do it flawlessly. They didn't drop a single map. They have made history here. Really.